Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for GWBC Radio's Open for Business. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of GWBC Open for Business, and this is going to be a fun one. Today, I got Stacy Pierce and Jules Weldon with OME Gear. Welcome, ladies. Hey, Lee. Thanks hey, so Lee. much. Uh, for those who are haven't been avid followers of this show, which you've been interviewed once at, the, I believe, the Pop Marketplace, uh, I don't even know how many months ago. Was that a year ago? It's probably close to a year ago. Actually, I think it was close. Yeah, closer yeah. to a year ago. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about OME Gear. How are you serving folks? Yeah, so OME Gear is, it stands for Ocean Plus Mountains Equals Earth Gear, and it's a product company, so it's an outdoor gear product company. Um, it's a 20-year story that's a lot more fun to tell over cocktails, but um, but my parents invented the original concept. This is Jules talking, and uh, we have, 20 years later, we've brought it into into the market. Um, and so it's a, our, our flagship product is called the wanderer. Um, and it's a five in one product. So it's great for anytime you need to haul something somewhere and then have comfortable seating options once you get there. So it's a cart that hauls 150 pounds of gear and that easily transforms into a low beach chair, a high camping like field chair, a fully reclinable lounge chair and a camping cot. Um, so it's kind of a multi-purpose uh, product that's great for things like kids' soccer games and um, tailgating, which we're not doing a whole lot of now, maybe home gating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, also the beach. We have tires that uh, we have an exclusive on uh, that actually roll really well in sand. So that's a differentiator for us. But um, just a super innovative product that we're excited to take to market. And then um, because of the pandemic, are you able to still ship stuff or like where are you at with that? Um, well, we were we were going to start shipping um, in February and the, the manufacturer we were working with, um, they kind of went silent on us during COVID. So we've had to do a shift and find a new manufacturer during the pandemic, um, which was is not an easy task. It's kind of like turning the Titanic. Um, and, and now we've had to do some redesigns on it because the first hundred units we got weren't exactly what the quality we wanted. And so we've had to do a few redesigns and hopefully we'll start shipping probably in November of this year. And then, but you, can you still pre-order? You can get on the list right now? You, you can, um, pre-order, if you uh, if you like, you can uh, actually reach out to us at the M- at info at omegear.com. Uh, right now on our website, it, they look like they're sold out, but you can still pre order if you go through us directly. And, and, the- we'll, and we'll open we'll open that up on the website too, where people can actually pre order right on the website. We're just waiting on an official timeline for delivery, so that um, they can know when they'll get it. Right. So now uh, you're learning a lot of lessons about business in this adventure, aren't you? <laughs> and oh, patience <laughs> lee it's a greenhouse of learning <laughs> is what it is <laughs> so any any advice for the uh listeners out there that have a venture there is kind of relying on other people to manufacture because obviously you have a good idea it's very well received everybody wants one of these once they see it and the and the, the pictures you have are wonderful and it and it seems like a lot of people there's a lot of pent-up demand 
but how do you kind of manage that, you know, keeping them engaged and, and keeping them still interested and kind of being in for the ride with you guys as, as you wait for the, the thing to actually be manufactured? Um, I'm not going to lie. It's been tough. Um, just to be really transparent, we, one of our values is honesty and integrity and, and it's been really hard. We did a Kickstarter, um, that funded back in December of 2018. And when I decided that I wanted to do a Kickstarter and our team wanted to do a Kickstarter, the one thing I said is I'm not going to be like those Kickstarters that don't deliver on time. Um, and be careful what you say, uh, because there are, when you work with a manufacturer, there are, everything is out of your control. Um, unfortunately, not everything, but the majority is out of your control and you are fully dependent on them. And so whether or not they're a good manufacturer is one thing, but then you throw something like the pandemic, which is worldwide into it. Um, our, our factory initial factory was shut down for a couple months. And so that was out of our control. And so the best way that we've, we know how to do it, and I'm not saying it's the right way, but the best way that we've found out is just to stay in touch with people. I think when you don't communicate, um, uh, paranoia sets in maybe and wandering sets in. And then as humans, it's really interesting. I think we sort of go to the worst case scenario. And so if a company decides that they're not going to communicate because, well, then maybe they don't have any information or maybe it's not good information. Um, then that really causes more concern, I think, in the people that you're supposed to be communicating with. So over communicate has been our tool that we've mm -hmm. used and we've created a lot of goodwill with our current customers because of that. I think you're right on the money with that. I um, am a big fan of Kickstarter and I've invested in lots of different Kickstarter things. And um, I've had the situation where I invested in in a, one project and it was, I want to say it was like 300 bucks. And, you know, it sounds good and they're, they're being communicative, communicative up to a point. And then all of a sudden they probably hit a, a stumbling part and maybe they're embarrassed or they're realized they're not going to be able to deliver this or it's going to cost them way more than they anticipated. And all of a sudden it's radio silence. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're, hiding yeah mm -hmm. and and you start going online and you see all this negative kind of uh you know it spirals in a, in a blink of an eye it spirals and then it was unrecoverable you know they have i the money was gone and then i uh and then they went dark and so i think you're doing it exactly right i mean your heart's in the right place you're going to deliver this and um as long as you let people know every step of the way look you're as frustrated as, as I am as the consumer, yeah. you know, we're all in this together. And if they really believe that and they believe in you, then they're going to hang in there. Yeah. I say one thing that we did, and I think um, we did this to show our customers are already um, people that funded, uh, helped us fund on Kickstarter, our backers is we got a hundred units right before Chinese new year. And, and like I said, they weren't perfect. They were supposed to be production ready. They were not perfect products. And so what we did, we we're like, we can't sit on a hundred units. So what are we going to do these? How are we going to take lemons and turn it into lemonade is what uh, we started an ambassador program. So we reached out to every, all of our backers and we're like, we have a hundred units. We're going to ship these to you for free in exchange for you taking them out in nature and getting pictures and sending pictures. And then when we get our actual production units, we'll ship you those. And, P and but we gave people that that's um, a choice or having a refund. 
and we only had two people ask for refunds and and that was great and then the other people have you know have raised their hand and said I would love to be an ambassador. I understand these aren't perfect. And we, we wanted them to be a part of our team. So we're like, give us your feedback. Here are the things we know we're going to change, but give us our, your feedback on other things. And we have not had anyone complain about any of the products that we have out, um, even though they're not perfect. They know they're not perfect, but uh, so they're just super excited. And what that did was kind of like validate that we're serious about our company and we're excited about the product we're going to be putting out. And, yeah, and I just think the other, the other just follow up to that is the, like I said, the goodwill that we've created. I think it's easy for people these days, especially because emotions are so heightened with everything that's going on with COVID and the stress levels and all of that, to just fire off an email um, where you're just really mad, you know. And we read every one of those, and we respond. Stacy and I respond to every one of those, and we take each one to heart. And so a lot of times we'll just write back and say exactly what you just said, Lee, we're as frustrated as you are. I know you don't understand that, but we're as frustrated as you. And I've even gone so far as just picking up the phone and calling people um, and just saying, hey, I want you to hear my voice. Like I'm a human behind this business and I'm as stressed out. Well, actually a lot more stressed out than you are over not getting your one wanderer. Um, And it's just been so amazing when you approach things in a non-defensive way and just over communicate with people they they soften really, really mm-hmm. quickly because nobody really wants to be mad about something like that. There's plenty of bigger fish to fry. Um, so it's been, it's been interesting. I, I'm not going to lie. But it's, um, I, I, I think that this kind of can cement you in the minds and hearts of your now these super fans that really, really believe they're in it with you now. You know, then and when you're when they're part of the community and they know you and feel like they know you personally, I think that's when they give you the benefit of the doubt. When you're a faceless organization, you know, then you're you're this big business, this big company that isn't humanized at all. It's easy to not like that person. That person can be the villain. But the more human you become and the more open and vulnerable you become, then it's hard to you know be mad at you for for too long yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'd like to think that <laughs> there's always exceptions believe me yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. always exceptions so now um it, you're doing this uh ome gear is part of your life but you're also involved in other things as well you're doing the coaching you got a couple podcasts going um you're keeping busy that's for sure um mm-hmm. How has all of that been going? Is that the same thing? I know this is a big uh, part of your life, the OME gear, but are these other things kind of uh, still humming along? Um, well, they were until COVID hit. Uh, our our coaching firm, coaching consulting firm called a Salty Rim. Uh, we actually lost all of our clients uh, when COVID happened. So we had to do some shifting and figure out things and, um, and that was kind of what we were our income um, because you're not taking an income from OME yet. So, you know, we've had to be creative and, and look at our finances and kind of divest things and get rid of cable and just kind of be smart on these times. 
Um, and then we also have both the podcast, which we are very, we're relational people. We love meeting people and traveling and doing podcasts in person. So all these Zoom podcasts are a little bit different for us. You know, you don't build the relationship we typically build when people come into our home and we drink wine and we do podcasts or we go and travel and meet people outdoors and do our, our podcast with them. So, you know, um, but we're we're staying busy in all of it. We've um, We've actually started picking up more clients for our coaching firm. So that's good. Um, so things seem to be leveling out a little bit, um, but there in the beginning, it, it kind of got a little stressful. I would actually say Stacy's a hundred percent right on that, except for the fact that we lost all of our clients pay. We didn't lose our clients. So um, our, our clients for a salty rim are small businesses. And honestly, when COVID hit, they just couldn't afford us. And so we actually shifted back and said, all right, you know what, we'll provide our services for free just to get you out of, out of this. And so I feel like consulting wise, we've, we've um, never been busier, um, but we're just not getting compensated for it like we used to. Um, And so, yeah, so that's been, that's been really interesting. We started a weekly call with, uh, invited all the women who've been on our, our GSD entrepreneur podcast on a Thursday morning zoom call, just to navigate all of the complexities of COVID in their businesses. And so we'll have any, anywhere from 10 to 40 women on that call on a consistent basis every Thursday. Uh, and that has been really powerful and Mm -hmm. something that we both look forward to every week. And we're still doing it every Thursday morning. Now, if that weren't enough stuff on your plate, you, somewhere along the lines, decided to write a children's book. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I'll say it, it does sound like a lot, and I get it, but any mom of three kids and a business or two kids and a business or whatever, the, it, it's, we have, it's no different, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, each one of these businesses are like our kids. We don't have any children, and so they're like our kids, and they all have different personalities, and they all require different levels of commitment. Um, and so, so yeah, so we are busy, but that's Stacy and I just love that. Um, so yes, we did, we did write a children's book. It was our COVID project. Um, we actually wrote the book, um, two years ago, uh, when we had to put a dog of ours down who we, um, rescued from Puerto Rico because we named him Rico. He was a 12 to 14 year old, um, chocolate lab and he was 20 pounds malnourished and had heartworms and all of that, but survived through two hurricanes outside, which is amazing in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, um, ended up seeing him, a friend found him in Puerto Rico and we said we wanted to adopt him. So we did, we had him for five months and had to put him down after we got him back to full health and except for the heartworms. Yeah. Um, and then came home and Stace said, I'm going to write a children's book. And so she sat down and in an hour, she had the book completely written. Um, and yeah. So then why don't you say what happened two years later? So yeah, right at COVID. Yeah. Right at COVID. Um, the a friend of ours who helped get found Rico and got him over to us, um, she is starting a TV show. And so she reached out and she said, Hey, do y'all have your book done? Um, rescued by Rico is the name of it. And, um, we were like, uh, no, but we need to get it done. And so that kind of, uh, was our, our, our go, uh, made us press go and find the, I mean, hire the illustrator we had been wanting for a couple of years and work with our editor. And yeah, we've now produced and published our book. We're doing an Indiegogo, uh, right now and, you know, doing some pre-sales 
and then hopefully we'll have those books ready to go in September. So what was that like? Uh, you'd, you'd done a Kickstarter, now you're doing Indiegogo. Um, what's that kind of crowdsourcing uh, planned? Is that is that pretty easy or does that have its own kind of, is that its own adventure? I can tell you, we said after our first Kickstarter, we would never do a crowdfunding again. Um, a Kickstarter was very, one of the hardest things um, for us to do because you have to have a lot of money um, backing you, especially because it used to be for the small kids and now it's for the big boys and, and our big girls and that you have to have a lot of money behind it. And so we chose not to go the Kickstarter route again. Indiegogo is a little bit more lenient and um, I feel like that it's more of a platform where actually people can go and raise money in smaller amounts of money, obviously. Uh, we did fund on Indiegogo within three days, which is exciting. We're right now, we're at 80 $8,100. Um, our goal was $5,000. And uh, so all 50% uh, of all the proceeds from our book is going to four different rescue organizations. So we do have a give back. So I think that that also is a, um, something that entices people to help us and support this and buy the books. And we have pups coming in that we have made, uh, little Rico pups. And uh, so yeah, all that to say is this wasn't, we never thought we would do another, uh, crowdfunding, um, platform again, but this one seems to be a little bit more successful or easier. Yeah. And, easier. How was it in finding an artist? We've been admiring this woman in Charleston and her illustrations for a while now. We saw her at a farmer's market and just fell in love with her illustrations. And so we knew that if we could um, afford her, just because she's really talented, that that was who we wanted. Uh, and so it wasn't hard for us um, because we had already had that connection ahead of time. And then she put us in touch with a copy editor who was amazing as well. Um, so we, we got really fortunate based on people that we knew. And then you're using what you're um, earning through the crowdfunding in order to pay them, basically? Correct. Yeah, correct. That and then, um, so like Stace said, 50% of the proceeds after we take care of the different costs of it um, from here into perpetuity are going to go to four different rec rescue organizations. Good. One in Florida, um, Big Dog Ranch Rescue, who is a part of Rico's Rescue, um, and then two in the Charleston area, Charleston Animal Society and For the Love of a Paul, and then one out in um, Park City, Utah, where my sister actually works. And it's a they actually rescue special needs dogs. It's called Fetch Cares, and it's a hospice for dogs. So just four organizations that have been really impactful to us um, we wanted to give back to. Now, we met initially through the GWBC. Are you still active with them, and they still trying to help you guys? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We're very much a part of GWBC and, and WeBank and all of that, and we have talked to so many of our female business owner friends, encouraging them to be a part of it. And then, so they've been, there's been some resources that have been able to help you through this? Oh, yes. Yeah, they've done a lot of the webinars that they've mm -hmm. done have been really helpful. Um, different articles that they put out. I know that they've been very active in trying to help people navigate through the PPP and EIDL and, you know, all those different things. And so, yeah, it's a it's it, we would recommend it to anyone to be a part of. 
Yeah, it's one of those things where it's nice to have, um, you know, people that are like-minded and that are going through the same stuff that you are all together and, and have pretty easy access to them. Mm-hmm. So now what's next? Do you, are you guys, um, I know you're still grinding, but do anything upcoming that you're looking forward to? I mean, our, I think our, right now our biggest focus, obviously, I mean, our, well, all of our businesses and podcasts are a big focus, but one thing is just to get OME finally up and out into the market with a product that we're proud of. Uh, so that is, you know, but there's, there's a lot behind the scenes on that finding investors and then still working with the manufacturer and just making sure that the quality is there. Uh, so that's a huge focus right now in the forefront. Um, and then not that anything else is put on the back burner because it's not, we're, we, we have a bunch of pots all going at the same time. Yeah. And with the book with rescued by Rico, we are um, waiting. The, the Indiegogo campaign will end in a couple of weeks once that ends, we'll switch it over to our Rescued by Rico website so people can purchase through there. Um, and so it's that as well. It's getting the book published, getting the dogs in. We actually just today ordered a big brown dog mascot costume. Um, and so we have been approached by a number of different libraries and schools to do virtual readings or in-class in reading of this book. Um, and so I'm going to do the readings and Stace is going to be the big brown dog um, mascot. His name is Rainbow, but we'll call him Bo. <laughs> did, yeah. did you? So, how'd you decide who does what? Um, so Jules is our family reader. Uh, she reads. <laughs> she reads to us all the time. When I say us, we have another rescue um, that's usually an earshot away from us. Um, and I've always said that she needs to go and volunteer in libraries. And so now. She can actually take our book and go and volunteer in libraries and classrooms uh, and read. Well, to be fair, what I've been told is I have a voice that puts people to sleep. That's really <laughs> soothing. <laughs> and so I think by default, I've gotten nominated as the reader. And Stace used to be a mascot in her high school. And so she's used to wearing those super hot, furry costumes. <laughs> um, so she volunteered to be the pup. And so that only leaves one job and that's the reader. So that's me. So everybody wins. They're all in their lane, right? Everybody wins. Yeah, for sure. So now if somebody wanted to learn more about OME gear, uh, what's the website for them? Um, it's just that omegear.com. And then Rescued by Rico, they can go to Indiegogo and probably search there for Rescued by Rico and find it there. They yeah. can for sure. Yep. If they just type in in the search bar rescued by Rico, it'll come up and we would, obviously we would love people's support. So the book is, is actually a really um, educational book. So it helps people understand rescue animals and what they go through. Uh, but it also really helps have the hard conversations with either, you know, little people or even adults when we lose our pets, it's really hard. Uh, and this just paints it in a light of the rainbow bridge where the final page of the book is really cool, where it's a big rainbow bridge that Rico's coming up on and all of his friends, quote unquote, that have passed are waiting on the bridge with welcome home Rico signs. And so it, it just sort of turns something that's really hard for kids to get their heads around into something that's more hopeful. Um, and so that's what we're just hoping to do is help parents and grandparents and siblings and teachers um, help navigate that, that conversation with kids. Yeah, that's so important to have a tool like that to help guide the conversation and not make it 
as scary and hard as it as it is for most people. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, and thank you so much for keeping on grinding. I mean, that's the there's no easy way to do anything, and uh, it's just a battle. And you got to just keep showing up every day and doing a little bit of work, and then you know things usually take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. We believe that too. Thanks so much, Lee. We appreciate thank that. You. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on GWBC Open for Business.